So I just noticed on the on the program it's saying final final advice, final talk. Because um, <laughs> there really isn't isn't one until Parinibbana. <laughs> but this will be the last occasion, this particular manifestation, and who knows you know how many lifetimes we've been doing this together. <laughs> uh, yeah, because if you have affinities, you know, something I consider uh, people have affinities as uh, um, people get interested, people light up, people resonate, people take things in and learn. There's a connections there. These are, uh, are karmic connections or jitta connections. And, uh, and you just don't know, you know. But certainly, um, you know, this is one of the things to bear in mind because though I don't have any distinct recollections of previous lives and the Buddha was seemed to talk about that with confidence. And if we come to this experience of jitta and you come to the experience of personality as it's arising and passing in this, you know, me, my memories, my actions, my thoughts, my scenes, and just bubbling up and rising in, into something much bigger than that. So when the Buddha recollected his previous lives, it's like this, you know, this web with all these various forms and beings that he'd been moving across it. And I think, well, sounds quite feasible to me because that's what's happening in this life, <laughs> you know, through the life of this body. And it, and then you, know, you just realize somehow one is spending time uh, with people uh, who are interested, who are concerned, who, if, you know, certain affiliations occur all different countries and different nationalities sort of drawing together. Whereas people, you know, funnily enough, people like one's own family sometimes can be just not particularly involved. So it's not really a genetic thing. There are affiliations and and connections and you think, well, where have we been, you know, all these lifetimes? Now we're meeting again. Yeah. Where has it been? Where have we been? You know, who have I been? You know, yeah. maybe you know I was a beggar in a previous life, and you gave me food. You, know, you supported me, therefore I owe you. Maybe I was a homeless person, you took me in, so I, I owe you. In some lifetime, I've been indebted to you, and uh, it's not a feeling of burden, but just I want to always feel that sense of responding to. With, with whatever dana I can to respect the amount of goodwill and support that's been offered to myself in this lifetime. Quite amazing, really. Um, you know, and then if we really consider this birth, rebirth thing or transmigration thing, we've been mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and, you know, working together, perhaps having difficulties and misunderstandings but obviously sort of still there's a main theme of yeah you know we're not we are we can meet together yeah and so who have we been who are we now we're going to change this this thing will break up 
they will be helpless and probably some will be looking after me uh, so we look at these positions with a sense of that's that and uh, but try to just use what positions we're in to keep transmitting uh, dhamma our actions relationships uh, communications um, and so on the final thing well the Buddha's final words were to the effect um, all sankharas are impermanence Uh, keep applying yourselves with vigilance be vigilant, be attentive, pay attention Uh, keep keep the steady practice Uh, and this all sankharas are impermanent (laughs) you know and it's just that that's his last thing he could manage to say even he was lying on his deathbed under a tree dying of you know dysentery and colic and stomach ailments so 80 odd years old so his last thing he could try to offer you know, as a reminder for us all and we're trying to you know unpick this word sankara you know both looking at the topic but also trying to feel the experience of it and uh, just to recap you know, these bodily sankharas these sense of bodily energies uh, tensions uh, giddiness tightness uh, openness that we've been deliberately well some of it we deliberately working with some of it just happens doesn't it yeah. so there, that's a bodily sankhara and in the middle of that, the, the, the possibility of that is that the ana, breathing in and out is called the bodily sankhara. So it's something that we can, as we come more fully into that through our breath energy, beginning to just sense the body internally in its energetic experience, in its fearfulness, in its rigidities, in its compulsiveness, in its vacuousness where we just lose bits and feel empty and and not having to really understand why but just keep using that this is a detox, it's a healing process Jitta Sankara the activations the programs of the heart Sankara of the heart these are clearly to do with impulses and we're trying to just generate or return to or recall and tune into one very simple uh, sankara, jitta sankara, just may I be well, safe. You can go number of words, safe, acceptance, well, as it is, you know, and just generating that intentionality that must be one's, one's fundamental aim, you know, in, in this process. And uh, the Vajisankara thinking process, the articulation, just acknowledging the power of thinking and uh, trying to just use these other forms to, to hold thinking and, and, and restrain it, not suppress it, but just steady it so we can begin to see some of the ways in which with, with our thinking mind, we, without even wishing to, we kind of reinfect ourselves with 
toxic messages of fear, ill will, um, you know, regret, guilt, um, despair, all kinds of greed, passion, and so forth. We we think the think the mind conjures up these images. It's not just chatter. It's visual images, stories that that infect and and, and, and uh, so just even acknowledging that and what's it feel like in your body, what's it feel like in your heart, is it possible to release these? They are changeable, we notice them moving along, along but even more profoundly they can be brought to, uh, they can change very profoundly if we tune in. They're potentially very impermanent, you know, uh, if you practice and so one of the things is trying to put it in a very simple model you know, pay attention uh, three step pay attention sometimes yeah pay attention and then soften so that is soften widen and then include it all so paying attention means that as we're experiencing, as cultivating careful attention, and using this, these sankara experiences, bodily formation, emotional, the heart formation, the verbal formation. Yeah. Pay attention with the body. Use the if you're you know, swimming or something. Pay attention with your body. Pay attention with your skin. Pay attention with the soles of your feet. Pay attention with the body as an entirety to feel the the pressures, the tinglings, the missing pieces until you get a whole body. And right down the soles of your feet and the back of your head, the whole thing. Pay attention with your whole body. And for this, we cultivate certain ways of becoming aware of our entire body because this itself takes some practice. Yeah, I think we've all recognized that uh, we can very easily just become part of our body. Sometimes a little slot up around your eyes is living in here. Or this bit is the top half and the rest of it is just, I don't know, so it's extending, uh, uh, paying attention to the entire body. Mm. Softening. It's loosening. It's not a collapse, but a, as if your skin can even expand slightly, breathe out extending and we've done some forms, exercises to encourage that that capacity. We forget this. We we do get locked in. Softening, widening. So including the space around you. Mm. Including it. Including all that. Yeah. 
So in this way, we we do are capable of unlocking. Now, this uh, locking process itself is very um, clinging, and we've mentioned the first three fetters, which are particular primary or you know pattern of clinging, whereby there's a form of clinging this energy to tighten up and harden up becomes a person. Often a f- person one's quite familiar with. You know, you, you know who she is, you know, you know how she feels, who he is, you get a sense of that. It's a, a certain... It's very, it's very, because it's so familiar, it's very, very convincing. And it can tell many, many stories. It can write memoirs, autobiographies, you know, huge amount of stuff it can write and conceive. It's very convincing, but just notice how it feels. Is this a refuge? Is this a steady place? Does it have to keep active doing you know, and doing things compulsively, whether they're even even unpleasant things to itself or to others, and it's you know, it hardening up, firming up. Yeah, and this sakaya ditti, and then going into the systems and customs, rights and wrongs. You say this is the right way; that's the wrong way got to be like this, it must be like that. And then what I've called the business model, whereby those systems and customs, we just get, we roll them out. You know, whether, just roll them out, pronto. This isn't, this isn't some kind of, rites and rituals aren't, as I said, it's not like paying homage to a triple gem with flowers and incense. I don't think the world in general is attached to that. <laughs> this is a universal human problem. Whether you're religious or not religious, it's still it's still those. So, what does this mean? It means the systems and customs by which we make our lives automatic, pre prefabricated. Yeah, and that's that's how those two fetters work together. They are the same thing. There's the cast, the mold, the you know, like a, 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 a like a mold for a statue. It's a cast. The personality is like this, and then this, the, the the way it operates is like this, and the two fit together. And, the, and then there's this sense of a, a loss of of confidence in in even in the escape from that, because I am that. How can I possibly get out of that? Or even what kind of person should I be to get out of that? And what kind of system and custom would I need, do I need to use so I can be a person who has escaped from that? Well, this is, you see what I mean? It's an it's a, it's a impossible way of operating because the person doesn't liberate from the person through adopting a system. <laughs> That's exactly the problem. But at the same time, you know, we do intimately, personally, subjectively in ourselves need to practice. And we do need systems and, and customs, you could say, to do that. And it's a matter of using them to what we can use with openness, with clarity, with awareness, yeah, 
to you know, move against the compulsive. The ones that are just born out of compulsive. You know, because the what these both point to is a radical insecurity and something seeks those that that grasp because it makes one feel solid and 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 permanent. <laughs> I know what to do, I this, I've got this you know, it makes one feel solid and permanent. That need for stability. Until we've begun to recognize there is a sort of stability that can come through through letting go there's a better stability and this is this is the tipping point we might just have the faith that that could be there and then we might through practice begin to sense a place where we open and release and actually i feel pretty pretty good here it's personally it's felt in me but it's not my personality. Yeah. And it doesn't mind if I have a personality either. You know? But then, the, so the personality becomes lighter, more flexible, less self-conscious. Um, and it's just a, a means by which we can ex- express and, uh, and interact. So... Yeah, so that paying attention, softening, widening, and then including. So we try to in- encourage a way of in- including all aspects of your life in this. Your actions, your livelihood, uh, your good moods, your bad moods, your bright states, your dark states, all of them. Yeah. Pay attention. and you'll notice that if you go through that process paying attention and just softening a little, widening a little widen your heart, widen your awareness you'll find that what is beautiful and good will tend to stay there and be amplified by itself because that's the nature of of the good the really good has has a healthy and sustaining quality to it so, but then it, it's good by itself you don't have to hold it and make it good it just feels that way whereas that which is distressed and confused and and you know so forth it tends to fall away it unfolds and this is immensely gives you immense sense of confidence you can trust it even just doing little bits yeah a little bit when we we let go, we give up some control, and we do that recognizing as you do so you're bound to hit or touch this place where you don't feel so good about that. You know, the person feels uncertain, strange, uh, out of place, disoriented, and then reactive to that, and then that's that's the territory that we move through. Um, probably come back to time and time again as our personal personality holding is slightly questioned or checked and then we there we are and then okay this too find your refuge in that stabilize in that 
it's okay acceptance non-reactivity widening and so so on this is process You can use this when you sit in meditation and you can emphasize any quality, any aspect of that, like just being really, the quality of attention that you're paying, is that open attention, is it sustained, is it getting caught in something, can you be quietly attentive? openly attentive so you can cultivate that and this is the beauty of meditation you can look you can sense things much more fully because there's nothing to do really apart from to get these things tuned in we're not dealing so much with content we're dealing with the holding of content see what I mean I mean content I mean your thoughts your moods your feelings what's happened today and so forth when we go through the detox, all that is just, yeah, okay, everybody's got their stuff. Um, everybody has their mental content, and you'll keep having mental content. <laughs> you know, and not, not all of it's that good. <laughs> but then we're saying, well, that's not really the issue right now, because we've made a, 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 an agreement to keep precepts, keep a certain standard of conduct, that's a useful system, system of restraint, so that then whatever mental content's coming up, we have that sense of, well, I'm not, at least I'm not going to throw it out on other people or act upon it. And it makes it a safe place. And not to get to, so then really cultivating not the content, but the container. Mm-hmm container of that, that which is able to hold, pay attention. And this is what the, the uh, careful attention is, the that sense of a careful, caring attention to you know, holding is what gives rise to sati, mindfulness, and full knowing, sampajanya. So we practice with that. In meditation retreats, a lot of emphasis made on that. And we must always be careful about, um, you know, even meditative content. Signs and imitators, moods. It's only as useful as the container. If, it can't, if it's not held in the proper container, it's not relevant. It's not appropriate. It's not suitable. Because you won't be properly processing it. One will be coming locked in it, identifying with it, obsessing with it, fighting with it, claiming it. And this is no, of uh, no value. In fact, can be directly harmful. It can send you off a sidetrack altogether. 
So content is, uh, is useful, it's there, and it's what it is. Most important thing is to be able to have that, that which contains a sati, some bhajanya, and the container is quite dispassionate. Just acknowledgement, acknowledgement, acknowledgement. Yes. Yeah. If you can't get words around it, this is, the feel, this is where we use this bodily sense. I don't know what's going on. I don't really know what I'm feeling. But when I come into my body, it's well, yeah, sort of a bit disturbed. Okay, that's good enough. Yeah. And then what holding that, referring to that. And then the softening of attitudes, you know, forcefulness or uh, so there's openness. And then we become more sensitive and the quality, softening and widening is a heart quality of goodwill, loving, acceptance, sympathy. And we just, uh-huh, this is this. And these two can give rise to or allow the Panya discernment rather than opinions. So Panya is always, discernment, wisdom is always a fresh thing. It's just assessing, this is like this, this is that. And if you still can't know exactly why or what, but it feels this way. So even getting images feels bristling, feels sinking, feels hard, feels soft, and then it's changing, it's changing, it changes, moves around. Again, not to get too involved with the content, but holding the content with mindfulness and full awareness. This is how we meditate. You, oh, this, that's one way of meditating. I can... Um, you know, advice. My, it's my advice. So it's my my advice, <laughs> as it is. <laughs> and you know, there'll be other people's which may work better for you. I don't know. Various things, various subtler forms I was suggesting, for example, being able to be aware of this inner body, so and gradually perhaps more aware of the throat, the inner quality to the head, the sense of the light breath energy moving up or being present within you. So you have a recognition of the, the body be having a hollow with a, with a certain energy there and being able to move around with that it helps to to restrain the rushing out that can occur through the eyes so you know using sustaining mindfulness to to hold to hold that mindfulness when we're walking and standing moving around yeah and then through that we begin to 
learn. So this is not quite the same as sitting meditation. You see, you have your eyes open. And that's an important practice, to start to open to this phenomenal world. Sights, sounds, faces, bodies, you know, temperatures, sounds, and all that. Open to it. But having this frame of reference to to stay steady as the various inputs happen. This is a very useful practice because it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, we may have a very good retreat and then come out and open your eyes and bang, it's all, there we are again, you know? <laughs> so to be able to sustain that sati while we are moving around, seeing things, feeling things, you know, picking up some food, uh, cleaning the floor, we still have a sustaining it you know, through holding on, holding carefully, holding the body energy, holding the heart energy. So it starts to rush out. We say, okay, just, just let's pause on that. Take a moment, take an out breath. Okay, now let's see if I can move as if the whole body is participating in that. You say you're mopping a floor. Then obviously it's your arms and your back that are the most important things, but also feeling your ankles and your feet, whole body moving together. Then we then because it actually is all involved, and using that to restrain, because if that isn't restrained, what tends to happen is we get into doing anything done, rushing along, you know. And something, the presence of body is, is lost. The whole body is lost. These are things to cultivate. Ways and means. So we come to that. First that we've been perhaps really focusing internally. Then we begin to come to the place where in, apparent internal and external start to touch each other. Yeah, there's, there's here and there's something out there happening. You know, that, that there's this input around that. I'm moving around in relationship to sights and sounds and noticing how they're affecting me. That's another kind of practice where, again, you know, you've got to get to that place because that's going to happen. And here we've been doing that, hopefully, in silence. Yeah. Let's not do any cross-examinations, but <laughs> I think reasonable attempt to maintain that presence of human beings is naturally you know, particularly if you know each other so you know, this, this, that, that's a helpful model you see you're just coming to the place where there's that first degree of interaction so if you're sitting meditation and then even just the moment when your bell rings and there's the sound now pause sound is ringing pause let the sound resonate through and if you're suddenly, when an object, like an auditory object, suddenly pops in, there's going to be a little, you know, not a shock, but a little resonance there. You know, suddenly, and then hold, pause, widen, soften, let the resonance move through, come to your whole body, relax. This is like 10 seconds, you know. And then 
this means it's time to go. Okay. So these are points where, you know, and then similar similar thing when you come sitting in meditation and you open your eyes. Take that moment of the eye opening is a significant moment because, you know, now there's this very, you know, um, potent manifestation of the visual field which is very strongly our primary orientation. It's people, there's things, there's space, there's doors, there's stuff to move around, stuff to go, and you know, and then that activation occurs. So we pause. First, we're just aware of seeing. There's visual th- So imagine it as if when you first open your eyes, you're sitting, open your eyes, and let just let the light and shapes come in. And you don't know what to do. Path just to receive lights and shapes coming in and the eyes maybe want to go to a particular shape depending what your aim is pause soften widen include it all so you know there you can spend 30 seconds or so just moderating eye contact what happens when the eyes open and then we come into moving body moving and then moving with mindfulness that is aware of what tells us we're moving pressures sensations energies intentions if things start getting quite dynamic intentions let's go downstairs and so then the pressures the tactile qualities of the feet stay present with that you know don't think you're in the kitchen till you get there you know if you keep walking that way you're going to get there most important thing is don't get there before you're there. <laughs> Stay here and walking, sensations, movements, intentions, and then we just follow the flow. It's quite beautiful. And then we're kind of starting to move from a, a very static interaction to a more dynamic interaction. Now we have an aim, an intention, go down to the kitchen. We have to have some sense of understanding what that means and where to go. So a little bit more engaged, isn't it? That still maintaining sati, mindfulness. So this means we're, there's no hurry, there's no worry, there's just, yeah, quite simple. Or if there is hurry and worry, then notice that. And look, let's get this, body's going to walk to the kitchen, not my mind. It's just let the body do its work. So, using sati to touch these places or these forms to touch these places where we do, the mind does jump into its programs, its tankaras, its structures, its uh, presuppositions. Got to get there, move here. Can't do it. Who's going to do it first? Who's better at doing it? These kind of things can happen. I mean, just there's, there's, so the first levels of interaction start to arise. And we can use a retreat to explore that and really sustain this overall sati sampajanya of the body movements, the body postures, in a, in a kind of gentle, accepting way, not tight, not rigid, 
and releasing what needs to be released. This is the Buddha's instruction on walking meditation, is you walk in meditation to release what needs to be released. It's pretty, that's it. So there's no this special system of doing this, 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 this. Um, <laughs> if you want one, you can, you can generate one. Whatever gets you through the day, you know. <laughs> but that's your 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 call, and I'll just recommend just just easing up on that those assumptions. It's got to be very specialised, very you know technique and very sophisticated. Just you know, be careful of that because there's the professional coming in again. And could you just be natural? simple there's a natural unfolding that occurs just through sustaining satisampajanya you know and meeting those energies as they arise now that's our first living interaction and in most retreats we don't do anything more than that yes, this is very useful but today we just touched into a little bit more interaction another level whereby you as a person are talking to another person. This is a very, uh, a lot of things can happen there, don't, can't they? We have a lot of attitudes and, um, you know, embarrassment, awkwardness, shyness, eagerness, affection, um, whatever going on. No, just, just we say today we're just practicing a little bit like learning to, you know, I don't have to know who she is, Apart from that, this is a person who's keeping precepts, this is a person who's cultivating Dhamma. You know, it's safe, we're not doing anything that's, that's competitive or who's best or trying to figure, just to get the sense of the interaction now is to deliberately lift a small piece of language about, you know, and place it. So if you feel there, you yeah. know. Just hold it for and place it, and and to 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 for, to receive it from another. So it's a dual practice. It's interactive practice. This again is, you know, so little, little piece we did and touched into that because it, it it again it does help to reset our interactive relational programs. And some of these can be afflictive with uh, feelings of, of he's better than me or she doesn't like me or you know, I've got to make sure he's like that or these kind of things going on. Nervousness, self-consciousness, of conceit, views about others, um, all kinds of things that can happen for people because we carry history and imagine most people have relational experiences that have, you know, various unhelpful uh, influences on their lives. We get formed by beings who were not enlightened. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. So could it be any other way, you know? Can't really, couldn't it? Can't, can it? So here we are, unenlightened beings, talking to other enlightened beings, you know, and uh, 
But then using a process, uh, sati, sambhajanya, mindfulness too, there's still within that, you know, there's that possibility just through that process or that practice, you know, paying attention, softening, so it's, it's, it's kind of moderated, offered and there's a widening the other person widens to receive they're not so the energy is quite cool or, or could be warm you know but in other words it's not um, you know it, it, it's it's harmonious and the, this is not just about certainly it's about cultivating right speech and friendship you know, but it's also it changes, it resets oneself. You know, I can just be a voice saying something. I don't have to be that good or brilliant or progressive or interesting. So some of that program, personal program, could just notice that and Oh, you can release that. So that's what we've been working through, or touching into, setting some of these forms. I didn't have this planned out, incidentally, it's just unfolded as my trust in Dhamma guides me. You know, I clearly, you know, I can fumble and drop things and make mistakes, but I do feel in the co- in the congregation, particularly when I'm listening to an interviews, that sense of feel, sensing people, the this is the human mind, this is the human voice, this is the human condition, I'm in it, it's coming, you know, we're there together. Certain senses of, you know, appropriate directions start to happen. And this is what's come out of this retreat. You've you've generated it as much as I have, absolutely. Um, Both by your efforts and by your presence has in some way shaped what um, teachings come up. And this is the way it should be. This is not a university. I'm not a teacher. I'm a bhikkhu. And uh, so, you know, that, that certain we're in a, I'm a Dhamma practitioner like you, and we're in this, and we are generating something that helps us all to, to acknowledge our person, our personhood, our personalities, our selfness, and and something beyond that. This is marvelous. We can cultivate this together. So now comes the really difficult part of the retreat: is what happens when you leave here. <laughs> uh, take it here, right? It gets. <laughs> this is very. This is the next level of interaction, isn't it? Interacting with with situations that are not uh, bounded by mindfulness and so on. 
and so therefore I do encourage a good one really has to encourage a good deal of of restraint of the indriyas, the faculties, the eye, the ear, and even the, the outgoing energy. Not, you know, just to restrain doesn't mean stop. It just means moderate. Be aware of how things are affecting. Be aware of being pulled in. Be aware of being pushed out. Be aware of being rushed along. Be aware of being, you know, what we imagine people see us as. Just try to sustain that steady presence within that and we will lose it we will drop it yeah I'm sure it's a very powerful world we're in but every the beauty of this I'm, what I'm suggesting is that you know you don't have to wait to the end of the day and work it all out or the next retreat whenever you you're getting lost you know what it feels like they're getting lost and they're speeding up the the programs, the patterns are running body down (laughs) into your feet your legs, body taking out breath where am I? and if you can cultivate that so you can do it within 10 or 20 seconds where am I? and then if you're out and about can you use something like walking to just ground you rather than jumping in your car? If you don't have far to go, I'd recommend walking. It's much more useful than driving, absolutely. Um, if you're driving you know, your car, then hands are on the steering wheel, sitting in a, in a seat, there's visual field around me. Body's not going anywhere. It's the mind that's rushing on. And the car, the body itself is quite not going anywhere. So come into that. Tactile sensations. Breathing out. You know, it's, it's um, cars, traffics, traffic jams. I could have get there. An idiot doing, you know, <laughs> we're late and just look. You're not going to get anywhere like that, are you? Apart from into more into dukkha. <laughs> right now, it's like this you know, sitting in a seat, holding something in your hand, visual field around you, you know, come back to, 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 to presence in that. Clearly, the impingement is, is disagreeable. Well, we've been there. Uh, you know disagreeable is part of it and then return so you can have a mantra or something breathing out so you're generating um, you know uh, helpful focuses that you can reach easily like a mantra or just even tactile sensations gently squeezing your hands feeling your feet relaxing your shoulders body is a great meditation system it will help to tell us where we're at it help also to give us some way of comprehending being mindful of where we're at and also help us to release um, and it's always there so to as we 
move around and you realize there's the world of time got to get to this place got to move on there it's tomorrow this 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 you know jitta doesn't move in time time is a quality of nervous activation the jitta itself doesn't move in time it gets activated by nervousness of some kind or another. But that, that's what time is. It's just an activation in your nervous system <laughs> as a direct felt experience. And whatever it's saying about tomorrow, that has a truth to it. But contemplate the activation. Is this activation really useful? Is it going to make tomorrow any better? If it is, if you're really convinced by that, okay, well then, go there mindfully, fully. If you want to just pause on that, check it out. If I move into the future with agitation, irritation and so forth, that's what's going to happen. Because the future is just the unfolding of the present and it's unfolding in line with the Chitta Sankara with the mood, the intention, the attitude of the moment. Mm. So now we also have duties to do, things to do, things that should we want to get results with, you know, things that are important for us to achieve, to make our livelihood, to bring whatever good we can to others, for example. Yeah. So service, you know, that's another Dhamma practice. How do we serve, recognize that the important thing with service is just that quality that we started with in speaking, to be able to lift, raise something, and move it, offer it. Quality, offering it. And holding it steadily. We practice like this with no result. That is... We practice impurity with just the qualities of clarity, goodwill, you know, what appropriate kind of knowledge is necessary to, to do that. And we keep the end result quite light. Yeah. So that's rather than the end result that you get there no matter what. Say, so no, no, practice properly and then arrive where it takes you and see if you can moderate more in that direction it takes quite a lot to do that because often we have very good ideas of things we would like to achieve that are blameless and worthwhile if that's so really get the feeling of what you're doing you feel good with and then make it purify it by bringing it forth in a way that you also feel you're operating comfortably, joyfully, playfully, with interest, flexibly, yeah, and not stressing yourself out by doing good, <laughs> which can happen. Yeah. Then we get this is very profound level of practice because we're meeting a lot of programs there, a lot of uh, habits, a lot of. Um, models of, uh, and then the more you can reset then this means you're really only whatever you're doing you're really only going one way to, to purification 
to detoxing, not picking them up, whether you're sitting quietly, whether you're moving around, whether you're meeting people, or whether you're doing your job, your work, your service, whatever that may be. You're really doing the same thing. And to me, this is um, this to me is, is the big aim, the big picture of what uh, I would like to present. Also, like to you know work on in myself. So rather than just meditation retreat and then bleh, all over the place, <laughs> and then mop it, mop it up again six months later in the next one, actually uh, something that integrates, not just so that it's that we are sustaining also that we're learning you know how can we be quite peaceful when nobody else is around <laughs> we notice the bit where I start to get a little bit oh that also yeah. so integrating so we don't sidestep um, pieces of our karma that should be overhauled cleared and purified In this way we can feel that we are really you know releasing the jitta from these uh, unskillful um, continuations in this life or the next. So I'd like to um, conclude for today.